Hey, hey. (laughs) Welcome to Making Changes You Love to Live With podcast. I'm Kirsten Galfan, your host. I started my company, Fitness Inspired, in 2008. I have my master's degree in exercise science. And yeah, I started my company with the mission and the vision of making changes you love to live with. And I'm so excited to continue doing that every single day. And I'm going to be here weekly with your dose of inspiration, applications, strategies, and tips to make changes you love to live with. Well, hello, Christine. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm always excited to meet with you and I get to um, receive you in so many ways. I mean, you're my artist friend. You're my friend friend. I look up to you and I see your posts, how you deal with like parenting and marriage on Instagram. And I'm excited to have you for this topic. Um, And it has a backstory, but first... Why don't you tell us what your PhD in, please? <laughs> my PhD is in medical family therapy, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. Okay, awesome. Just so we know, there's there's that. There's some <laughs> legitimacy behind it. <laughs> there's there's much. <laughs> All right. Um. So this podcast episode came about when I was texting you, and you it came up that. I was like, well, yeah, I mean, I probably have some symptoms of ADHD, maybe, da, 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 and you so lovingly was like, are you kidding me? Of course you have ADHD, Kirsten. Oh my goodness. Uh, I can say that as someone who knows you and loves you for well over a decade. It, I mean, yeah. closer to probably two decades, so yeah. <laughs> We're giving away our ages. I know. (laughs) So, yes. So I was like, hmm. And then it made me have a million questions. And because we always joked about it kind of as a kid, but I never like it didn't hurt any of my progress, so to speak. So it was probably never dealt with or something like that. So I want, and you know, my undergrad being in psychology and everything, I don't know if things have changed or not since I did my undergrad, uh, but right out the gate, I remember learning that first of all, it's like ADD and ADHD and like right at the time of undergrad, I think they were trying to put them into one, all these things, but before we lose anybody, I want to just legitimize that seriously, I think we can all learn from this, whether we have ADHD or not. Do you agree? I absolutely do. Yes. Okay. Because I was just on a call with five different entrepreneurs and I said, oh, wait, wait, I am sitting down for a podcast about ADHD because one of them mentioned it and Everyone chimed in with their individual stories and it was craziness. So tell me what you think about as far as like what kind of symptoms or where do you want to start? Do you want to start like ADHD, ADHD symptoms, where you want to go? 
So I think when we hear ADHD, historically, we think the hyper little boy, right? Who can't sit still. Like that is the stereotype of ADHD. Um, first of all, being a girl, that was never me. Um, and a lot of these kids get identified in school because their grades are the problem, right? Or their behavior is mm -hmm. a problem. So, um, which I think I didn't mention, I also have been diagnosed with ADHD as an adult, which I'll get to, but okay. um, so we, if ADHD is commonly missed in girls, which is what we're finding out because it looks different than it does in boys. And what's happening now is this phenomenon that these women, these moms now are taking, you know, their sons in for, and daughters sometimes, but more often yeah. sons, right. To get evaluated. And they're like, wait a minute, that, that was me. That was kind of me. Right. Um, Right. I got diagnosed when I was working um, during my PhD program. I was in the last year of my doc program um, as a medical family therapist, as a behavioral health specialist in um, a pediatric practice. And so the practice had just changed actually from pediatric practice to a community health center. And so suddenly we started seeing adults. And so the provider that I worked closely with, um, she said, Christine, we have this um, patient. And he said he had ADHD as a kid. And he says he still has it. So like, but I don't know anything about ADHD. Yeah. Neither did I, honestly, at that point, right? You <laughs> You're know, like, like, I will I, learn. Yeah. Like the diagnostic classes and all of that, but it just didn't come up. So I was still really buying into that hyper boy uh, stereotype. So the more that she, the provider and I really started researching ADHD in adults, she was like, dude, you have it. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> definitely have it. Um, I think I have that. <laughs> and I will warn the listeners, there's this, um, this thing that happens, especially when you're like in therapist training or medical training, and you hear all of the diagnostic characteristics of a certain illness or diagnosis that suddenly you're like, oh my God, I have that. I have that. I have that. And so just, if you're listening and some <laughs> of these things ring true for you sometime, that doesn't necessarily mean you have ADHD, right? Um, but uh, so when we're talking about what it looks like for women, um, it's this kind of lack of attention to detail, maybe, uh, mm -hmm. forgetfulness, taking a lot of mental effort to do air quote adult adulting, right? <laughs> so you're like, why can't I do that? Right. Um, why, why is this so hard for me to log on and pay this bill? Why do I keep forgetting? I'm getting late notices, yes. you know, it's really embarrassing. Um, why can't I follow through on instructions or, or just a general feeling of being scatterbrained, forgetful, easily distracted, <sighs> which then, you know, if we look at, okay, let's add like maybe a job and a couple of kids to the mix and right. And you're like, oh gosh, okay. <gasps> Suddenly you're not just managing yourself, right? But you're managing all of the household tasks because we know that research shows that that mental load tends to fall to women. Um, and it gets to be too much, right? It's really overwhelming. Yeah. The, the problem with it too, is that a lot of women, um, so there's a lot of comorbidity. So there's multiple diagnoses. And, um, women, well, I guess adults with ADHD, a, a fifth to a half of all adults with ADHD are, which, you know, depends on the research, 
yeah. uh, diagnosed with major depressive disorder. Uh, half of adults with ADHD are diagnosed with some sort of anxiety disorder. And so that's where we're seeing it manifest in women the most. And they're most likely to be diagnosed just with run of the mill anxiety, right? I'm anxious. But if I think about it, it's like, well, no, I'm anxious because I'm afraid I'm going to forget this. And my kid has to turn this in and I've got this deadline at work and there's so many things and I'm not good at figuring it out. And you hear, did you hear what I just said when I said, I'm not good at figuring it out. It's, that's on a skill of mine that becomes then internalized, not only as anxiety, but as depression. Right. And then there's shame around it. And then we don't want to admit to it. Like I have all this running list of things going on in my brain so often, mm-hmm. and I can write a list like a champ, but that's not enough, man. Yeah. <laughs> like it is just going to keep going. That's interesting because when you were saying, um, how this was kind of brought up to you and the other provider, what, like I said, I was just on a call with some entrepreneurs and he said, the reason why he figured it out is because his daughter, he had to do a questionnaire with his daughter mm-hmm. and, um, that he was like, yep, that's me. Yep. That's me. Yep. That's me <laughs> on all the things. So he said it was very helpful. There was like mixed results. So I can't wait to hear like what your thoughts are around. Where's the benefit, I guess, in the diagnosis. Talk to me about that. So there's this phenomenon that happens that we talk about a lot in therapy as um, externalization, as my dog is talking to me over here. Um, (laughs) So it's externalization. And that's when it doesn't become it's not about you, right? It's not a character flaw that you have. It's ADHD, right? You can even name your ADHD, right? Like this is this other entity that's just part of me and that's fine, but it's not because I'm not good enough or I'm not working hard enough that I can't get these adult things done um, or that I can't, you know, track a conversation or whatever it is. And so when it's diet, at least this is, I've I've heard this narrative before. And then especially for me, right. It's like, yeah, that's just the ADHD and that's okay. Now that I know what I'm working with, right. I know how I can control it. Right. Exactly. That makes total sense. Cause then we're not like making it. There's something wrong. There's something wrong. Holy smokes. Exactly. And I think that a lot of us, and we can go into executive functioning too. A lot of us have naturally adapted uh, Mm. to be able to, you know, to learn the, how to, um, you know, best harness in the ADHD and because there are a lot of great things about it, right. People Mm -hmm. with ADHD tend to be creative, tend to be able to manage a lot of things at once and to be, you know, okay with all that when it's not turning into like, crippling anxiety or, you know, self-worth stuff. Um, I mean, especially as a kid, I did really well in school. It it was easy. I didn't really have to study. I mean, I, I could have made it through the last year of my doc program without a diagnosis. Right. Um, but having a diagnosis did help me to understand some things like time blindness with ADHD where I, you know, it's this, phenomenon. I'm sure people with it are like, yes, I get it. Where it's like, if my meeting's at eight, I remember this specifically as a, um, as a student, if my class starts at eight, then I'm here getting ready. And it's like seven 40 and I'm still getting ready. And I thought, oh my God, but class is at eight right. and campus is 20 minutes away. And right. what am I doing? Right. Yeah. 
And so the way that we overcome these things, there's a lot of behavioral techniques that you can use by forming habits, right? Mm -hmm. So if you can form a habit to it, it automatically overrides whatever the issue is, right? I can't find my keys. I can never find my keys. I have no idea where my keys are. Well, habit, right? I walk in the door, I hang them on the hook every time, every single time, no exception. That's the habit. I know where they are, right? Um, habit. If I have to go somewhere, I immediately, you know, I calculate the time from where, when I need to leave. And then I subtract 15 minutes as a buffer, right? Mm-hmm. I set a timer in my phone. So I get an alert. Yeah. Habit. Yeah. Like I have a f- really funny story when Ethan, Ethan didn't know me well enough yet and we were dating and he's a very patient human. And so he was just, just waiting very patiently. And then all of a sudden I realized that we had to go in like 10 minutes. We were going to this like fancy event and I needed to do some things with myself. (laughs) I was like, no, 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 this is a problem. Oh my goodness. You have to give me warnings. Like you're way too relaxed. You have to give me, okay, now we have the 20 minute warning. Now we have the 10 minute warning. Okay. We need to go at the five. (laughs) He's like, okay. All right. Sorry. I thought I was just being patient. I was like, you were good job. Hi 10. But like, I had never been around such a laid back person that, I mean, it was probably in the stage of our relationship where he was like, anything you can do is all right. 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 Yeah. So let's be clear about that. But I was like, no, this is not okay. We need to get going. So that is definitely something I've experienced. And then this is making me think of talking to um, a neighbor and uh, her daughter was there because she babysits her kids, Mm -hmm. her daughter's kids. And so I was like, oh, I got to get going. I'm running late as usual. (laughs) Because I was talking to him at the park. And she's like, oh, you too? Da-da-da-da. And then her daughter is there, right? Her adult daughter is like, yeah. And then she chimed in saying that she is now like so early, Mm -hmm. always really conscious of time. And that is exactly how Addison is. Hey, hey. I just wanted to check in and ask you for a quick favor. If you are enjoying this podcast, would you write a review for this? It's really easy to do on your iPhone. So you go to your podcast app and you just click write a review. Give me a five-star review, baby. And then write something descriptive or meaningful of what you get out of this podcast. All right? And this helps other people find these episodes and this podcast. And also, if you've already done that, you're like, been there, done that, Kirsten. First of all, thank you. You rock. It really means a lot to help me continue to be able to give this free content to you. And then, but if you've already done that, awesome. Could you send this episode if you're liking it or think of your favorite episode in the last couple weeks and just send it to a friend? and pass it on. Have a great day. Enjoy the rest of the episode. We went down a, a crazy little trail, but we're, we're back now. I'm back now. Here we are. Well, um, we could also, we could talk a little bit about executive. Yes, please. Okay. okay executive. He's like, that's an example of it right now. All right. Uh, I, 
you know, and it makes me really good at tracking conversation, especially as a therapist and a coach, because I'm like, oh no, I, yeah, I can follow that. Um, oh, and I did want to talk to you about how girls in school, you know, especially if you are people pleasers, right? Girls are just socialized different. And so it might be, oh, I'll volunteer Mrs. So-and-so to take this down to the office or I'll do this bulletin board, right? Anything to get up and active and out of your seat in like a really responsible way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think other ways that you can uh, learn to adapt. I was always the first person to speak in um, a discussion because I'm like, I know that I have my point and then I can say my point and act all like I know what I'm doing, but then I don't have to worry about following everybody or being embarrassed if somebody just, I was always worried what if somebody just said what I'm thinking and I didn't hear it or like I, I didn't and I missed it or something. Right. So, so basically executive functioning, um, ADHD is essentially, if you really simplify it, a difference in executive functioning, which is like the frontal lobe in your brain. Okay. Um, and so it's just a, it's not that it's broken. It just works in a bit of a different way. So executive functioning is like a teacher is to the brain, like a teacher is to the classroom. So the teacher plans the lessons, organizes the classroom, uh, you know, tells the students when it's time to do work, to go to lunch, et cetera. So without the teacher in the classroom, it would be tough for a student to do those things. Um, right. But they could learn, <laughs> essentially, right? They could learn to get them done. They would just have to work a lot harder to provide that structure for themselves. Okay. Um, so executive functioning helps the brain to organize, um, to plan, to control feelings and actions, uh, paying attention to things, obviously. So if we look at areas of executive functioning that can be challenging for people with ADHD, um, I know we've talked about organization, um, estimating time, that's that time blindness, getting started. And I don't know if this is, you know, when you feel like you have this mountain of, of just like, I will never climb this mountain. I can never get this mountain of work done. It just, and so it kind of, there's anxiety there. There's procrastination, right? Ultimately, when you end up doing this, I've never had that mountain actually take any time to get done, right? It's just trying to get yourself started. Once I'm started, it's fine. Focusing, sustaining focus, shifting focus between tasks. And I know you and I have talked about this in various meetings we've had before about like uh, clumping like, uh, you know, like meetings or like tasks together so that you don't have to completely stop shift focus because then you're restarting completely, which just takes a lot of energy. Um, Absolutely. Another thing can be managing frustration or controlling emotions, which certainly can get harder if you're starting to internalize these um, thing, you know, feelings of anxiety or depression, uh, working memory. I remember being in my late twenties in my program thinking, Oh my God, like, do I have dementia? What is the, what, why can't I remember these things? It's just, um, and some of that too can be helped with mindfulness and, you know, training mindfulness, you know, being more mindful and slowing down a little bit. Um, so, there are a few, like I said earlier, you can in order to overcome these, there are both behavioral techniques and um, medicine that you can take in yep. uh, supplements yep. and, and all sorts of things help, right? Um, some people find changes in their diet and activity useful. Some people find certain medications useful. Um, I The research shows, right, that a combo of things is going to be your best bet. Um, so if you're just putting a kid, for example, on a stimulant without 
really explaining it to them and helping them learn the behavioral techniques, then it's going to be, um, you might not have as great of an outcome if you're going to do both behavioral techniques and medicine. Um, so yeah, one of the things that I do is if I, if I feel that mountain of things, I will set my timer and I'll say, okay, 15 minutes, do it for 15 minutes. And then you can stop, right. You, you could be done. It's just 15 minutes. You have agonized more than that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and not right. It's either done in 15 minutes or I'm so in the flow that I'm like, yeah, I'll keep doing this. Yeah. Um, there are tasks by the way, that I've had to knock that down to like five minutes, just do it for five minutes. Then you yeah. can have a break do right. If whatever you need, um, incentives are huge. So yeah, it's like, mm-hmm. if I can read this chapter or whatever it is, um, I not for pleasure reading, but you know, for, yeah, <laughs> right. Um, I don't have to incentivize myself for that, but uh, <laughs> then I, I can go for a walk around the block, right. Or I can check Instagram or whatever, whatever it is. Right. Because with executive functioning, people who have it function in the, in the air quote, normal way, but blah, you know, who's normal. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, it, it's a little bit easier to get going, right. It's, there's just, you know, pedal down, you're going. Yeah with the executive functioning differences, there are, because people can say, but I can focus, right? I have ADHD, but I can really focus at times. I'm really good at it. Mm -hmm. And there's this phenomenon of when you're really either interested and passionate about Mm -hmm. something, or if you're nervous, if there's some sort of really big consequence that will get your fire lit, right? Like, oh my God, I love this thing. I'm so excited about this new project. I'm going to dive right in. Let's do it. Yes. Or if I don't get this done, I will get fired. And oh my God, I, that can't happen. So I've got to do it, which is good. Yeah. Except for when you have to like play tricks on yourself and then you're motivating if you're not super excited then you have to make everything more fearful and a bigger deal. Like, oh, we don't want to get in trouble. That's like a line I say. And I'm like, why am I saying that? Who's going to get me in trouble? Nobody. Right. And like, it never feels good to do something out of fear, right? Or anxiety. And everybody is walking around with so much anxiety. It's like, we don't need to perpetuate more of this, right? So let's kind of, if you're excited about it, great, use that. But otherwise find some workarounds. Um, I, and I don't know if this information is helpful to anyone, but I'll share, I'll continue to share my, I think it is. Okay. (laughs) Um, I did opt for medication when I was first diagnosed and, um, it was like, so let's say that you have, like, if my ADHD brain is like a playground and there's kids just running all over the place and ah, screaming and, whilst on medication, the playground's still there. The kids are still there, but the kids are now like waiting in line to like slide down the slide or waiting their turn to go on the swings. Mm-hmm. And it's just a little bit more organized, right? Yeah. Um, it's not going to do all the work for me. I still have to have my, my little tricks and my timers and all of that. Yeah. My watch that tells me what to do all the time. <laughs> um, Bosses around all the time. Exactly. I'm like, okay, time to go. (laughs) Um, But I just, I don't have to 
to waste so much energy getting started, right? That mountain, I can just, you know, get the stuff down on the mountain and it's fine. Um, I don't have to waste as much energy being flustered and trying to figure things out because it's just a little bit easier to get things done. Um, I, I have switched to, um, a short acting kind of like an old school med that, um, wears off a little bit earlier in the afternoon. And I do have the option of taking more if I want to only because I want to be able to get a good deep sleep because that is literally the most important thing to me. And yeah. with some of the other meds, I've noticed that it was, I was staying up a little bit too late and didn't like it, but it is funny how in the afternoon it's very subtle, but I can say, oh yeah, my medicine definitely wore off. Right. Cause yeah. I, it feels like a lot right now. So, right. Yeah. That's interesting. But if you can name it and notice it and there's a reason for it, rather than beating yourself up about it, I think is huge. Right. Oh, absolutely. It's not just being about like lazy and unmotivated and not working hard enough. And, um, it just is what it is. So is this where one of my tricks come from, or is this completely unrelated to maybe another problem I have? But so if I'm working from home, which we've all really done a lot of lately, I struggle with, especially if I'm starting to get like, okay, nervous or anxious about something that I have to do, I feel like I have to do or whatever, is I just need to like, organize something or like clean something to make everything a little more settled in my world. Or so another technique would be to, um, you know, go to someplace else like a coffee shop or the library where I don't see all these things that I could be doing all otherwise. Is that an avoidance behavior? Is that, is, is that part of the chaos that I'm trying to control the chaos? What do you think? Yeah, I think either of those make a lot of sense, right? There, it could just be the inattention, right? Where you're like, oh, you know, the joke of like, oh, shiny thing or whatever. Right. <laughs> exactly. Oh, thing that I need to do that feels like more fun to do than what I need to do right now. So I'm going to just go ahead and do that. That's true. Um, or yeah, or it's just like the anxiety and the stress and like, I'm just going to completely avoid it. Yeah. Or I do have a hard time focusing if my office isn't totally clean and totally organized just because it's adding to the mental clutter and the input right uh, in my brain. So yeah, I, I wonder, I see this a lot too, when I'm, you know, I start to clear the dishwasher and the next to the dishwasher is this thing. It needs to go in a kid's room and I grab it. And then there's something that I need to print off for my office and the mail. And so then you're like, wait, what was I doing again? And that was 15 steps ago. So yes. Yes. So as, as much as you can, um, when you need to get things done, right? T- like you said, take yourself out of the situation, go to the library, go to a co-working space, whatever, to, to focus on that, compartmentalize things. Uh-huh. So you're like, okay, uh, no, I'm cleaning the dishwasher. I'm going to cl- keep cleaning the dishwasher. <laughs> List making, like you said, right? Because part of the anxiety is I'm going to forget what I have to do. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, you should see my phone calendar, even if I don't have meetings, I set times in my phone calendar with alarms to go off to work on, you know, X, Y, Z or this project or that so that I remember to get it done. Yes. That's so smart. And I know there's can be all kinds of, even with that group of five people, you know, one person had a thought that like the medication was like amazing. The other one was like, yeah, I was the same way. They were blaming this on the medication 
you know, and it didn't work. So I think it's important to, like you said, make sure we're looking at the whole person and not just be like throwing, like putting the behavioral stuff into. Um, so I, I mean, I think this conversation is to just kind of open our eyes to some things. And I mean, I've really been into a season with myself and clients of like, what is the supportive way to be dealing with whatever we're dealing with? And so what is the kind of like a framework or a thought that you can say like, all right, you can support yourself or others in this way to help our brains? <laughs> that was a loaded question if I ever asked someone, right? I got it. I'm here. <laughs> One of the things that I love about ADHD is that it is motivated by fun, right? And how many things can we say that about, right? That excitement, that passion. So whether it's you that has it, whether it's your kids that have it, like get creative, think about how is it that we can make even the most mundane tasks, maybe more enjoyable or more fun or like a little competitive or like whatever it is that feels good. Um, and then how can you apply that framework to ADHD in the rest of your life? Right. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be this doom and gloom and I can't do that. It's like, no, no, your brain works differently. It's cool. And you can use it and incorporate like more fun and creativity in your life at the same time. Yes. I love that. I love that. You know, my tagline for my business and now my dog is talking. So that's fun. We have a lot of excitement. This is really working out well for the podcast. It's giving people a visual of what's happening in our brains. Only they actually had a visual of what's happening and everything. Exactly. Exactly. I, yeah, that is so good because let's you know, there's many things that, you know, so my tagline is fun, accountability and results. Right. So I just, I just love that. And if I ask people, you know, there's been different times in business where like a tip is ask the people around you what they think you're best at. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I think there's this phenomenon that people close to us sometimes see things that we don't even see in ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's always been a thing for me. It's like, I can make the craziest things fun and get like, find a reason, like a, a good reason to do something like the, the famous story, the infamous story is like, my brother is like, oh my gosh, Kirsten, you had your clients move all these like bricks and sand to do this like fire pit thing at your house and you made it a bonus workout. And I was like, yeah, I did. We had teams and we did, you know, good, proper, you know, squatting for doing this. And you had to get with your team and design some artwork with the bricks. You had to like use, you know, glutes and quads, the lunge, you know, making sure you're blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? It's like the whole thing. And he's like, no, 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 you had your clients who are paying you move your stuff one acre so you could build a thing. Uh, Not your fault that you're genius. Clear. Yeah. So yes, that happened. Uh, Amazing. Um, 
I, I think, you know, kind of on that to the last thing, whether it's you, your kids, somebody in your life, encouragement is so important, especially with mm-hmm. kids who are diagnosed with ADHD and kind of like labeled in that sense, mm-hmm. they're hearing, don't, you know, sit down. I'm sorry. It's really hard to sit in the classroom for me as a 36 year old for an hour, let alone, you know, this poor seven year old who has to be there all day. Yeah. So, you know, kids with ADHD are used to not fitting into the mold, right. Of what's expected of them. Um, and which makes me think, you know, maybe we're expecting the wrong things from little kids, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so encouraging what, what you are seeing, right. Because that feels so much better to literally everyone on the planet instead of no, 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 no. Be like, Oh, I love that you're doing X, Y, Z or, you know, way to go on getting that hustle, the dishes done or whatever. So yeah. right. And do it yourself too. That should be yourself. Talk to Exactly. The yes. yes. Where can we say like a yes and cheering? Exactly. That's awesome. Well, I really, really appreciate your wisdom, your knowledge, your insights. And I mean, I just think whatever, you know, our things are that we're noticing, there's always something empowering and supportive we can do. And just like, do that next thing. Do it. Let's do it. All right. So since I gave you the teaser of how awesome your Instagram is, what's your Instagram handle and then your website, if they want to check you guys out, check you out. Sure. It's at Christine Borst Creative Studio. That's C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, B as in boy, O-R-S-T, Creative Studio, or ChristineBorst.com. Awesome. Easy. You got it. Thank you, Christine. I appreciate you. Thanks so much for having me on. You're welcome. Oh, yeah, you did it. This has been another episode of the Making Changes You Love to Live with podcast. I think you know already that I love, love, love helping people just like you become stronger, brighter, bolder versions of yourself and kind of see something I see something in you that maybe you don't even see already or you don't see yet, okay? So I just want you to like soak that in and receive it. Be like, yes, yes, she's talking to me. So this has been an awesome featured episode. I hope you liked it. If you really enjoyed this podcast, could you share it with a friend? So hit the little three dots and send an email or a text message to a friend and or through the Instagram app or whatever you want to do and just add a little message from you and why you thought of them when you heard this episode and then make sure you're subscribed and I can't wait to warm up with you with a little fitness inspired warm up on Friday to get your blood pumping move around a little bit or just soak up the enthusiasm and do a victory lap on your week Have a great day. You rock.